Today we're going to find out what happens when War Masters stop being polite and start being real on this episode of Zero to 40k. Zero, zero, zero to 40k. Welcome to Zero to 40k, the podcast where I drag my three friends kicking and screaming ah. into the world of Warhammer. Today we're going to be wrapping up, we're, we're closing in on the end, not quite there, of False Gods. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Sarah. Sarah, how are you? Are you excited that we're 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 so close? We're within a few chapters of the end. I'm so excited to be done with this book. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I just got over being sick because my body's a garbage fire, especially as I get deeper into my 30s. But um, spoiler alert: mean, doesn't get better. The book doesn't. No, or my the, body. The bodies. <laughs> as the, you 40s, get the 40s don't the make 40s it better. The 40s don't improve. I figured not, yeah. but um, but I did uh, roll four nat twenties in my D and D game when I got better. So nice. I feel like. Well, obviously, you, you my dump, luck turned around. You dumped static constitution. Yeah. and uh, added me. a bunch of luck. Yeah, so, me too. I dumped static constitution sure. and charisma. And lucky feet. <laughs> yes, not our best. Um, we don't we don't talk about this, but Sarah's actually a halfling. <laughs> so, so it gets small. to re-roll those ones. Yep. On all things. the time. This is a DD podcast okay. now. Yeah. Uh Eric. Hello. Hi. Hi. Getting getting ready. Are you also ready to perhaps be leaving Graham in the rearview mirror for a little while? Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I think my, I might feel better about this book than the last one. Oh. I don't know. We're gonna have some controversy. <laughs> controversy I like in airways. course in Wonderland. <laughs> Right now. Well, we have a little bit more, a little bit more horse in Wonderland to break down. I'm this... gonna, can I say a disclaimer? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, disclaimer. No, I want you to disclaim. I was going to say, for the listener's sake, um, I am use, I technically use an alias here, and I wanted to, my um, friends here are polite enough to humor me with that. Um, I like a little bit of anonymity, but I wanted to take the burden off everybody that, like, if my real name slips in occasionally, you know. We're, we're, we're using Eric, I think, mostly at this point still to like, so it's less confusing for listeners if there's suddenly a fifth name being dropped. But if you are a listener <laughs> and you hear a name that isn't one of us, you don't need to like have like an I gotcha moment. It's, mm-hmm. it's well, me. Is your real name Geralt? My real name is Geralt. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate that Pontius McGonagall. I mean, Eric. <laughs> Whatever. Just going to be progressively more absurd names. Mm-hmm. Um. And then my my final co-host, Shannon. Hi. Hi. How are things? Things are good. Yeah. I'm excited also to be through with this book, although I think there were some good kind of set pieces in this. There are some scenes I would be interested in seeing in a show. So, Well, just not to spoil the end of the episode, but we may have gotten a little something, something from our mysterious... Our mysterious source oh of all things Warhammer mm. clips. It's, it's really this behind-the-scenes access. I'm honestly stunned at the amount of access that we're getting mm-hmm. uh, yeah just of our tens of listeners yeah. well, some of know, them have some really good you only have to get the right the <laughs> right listener quality not quantity yeah, these, yeah. some of these folks have pull is what i'm saying <laughs> um but anyway let's uh, let's dive in let's dive into chapter 16 of false gods my boy yakton is backton carcassy smells some sweat and magnus finally gets to the fucking point <laughs> um, so yeah, this starts out with a little, little, little cool, chill bro time between Loken and my f- just favorite guy, Acton Cruz, um, whom, whom I love and, you know, that reminiscing about the good old days before 
anathemes and yugentembas and getting stabbed and everything and how things used to be better. Yeah, I, uh, I, I always like to point out when they use phrases that maybe don't seem like they make sense in this particular context. And I think, what does like a lifetime mean? To someone in this world, considering everybody seems to have very different lifetime spans. And I think this is, uh, if they were Americans, then we could say they'll use any measurement besides metric. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, for people that are are like functionally immortal um, and almost always just die due to violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does it's like a lifetime mean? And yet Loken and Cruz uh, disagree about what like a lifetime means. And um, and I, I, I just want to say, I think it's kind of sad that Cruz is pointing out he knows he's being bullied behind his back. Yeah. yeah. I, I always felt a little bit bad for him. Yeah, because he's my, my boy. Although then he's like, oh, I remember when we could just kill people and there were no consequences. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I believe that side the good of the days. table. That side of the table is pro space yeah. marines murdering with no consequences. Yeah, so. yeah. In that Cruz, specific circumstance. In that, that wasn't... <laughs> Listen, Try no. that in a small Listen legion. there's a big difference between <laughs> killing random people without consequences and killing a mob who's just like not letting you in I, the way. I'm yeah, not, not, they, to, not to tear open this old wound again, but <laughs> find it hard. We're going to agree to disagree things. on this. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad we talked about that because I do also I feel Loken's also like, oh, like that time the person reveals to you that all this shitty things you say behind their back that they've heard and you're like, oh, no. That you're happens not, to you a lot. You're not supposed to Walter. constantly. Constantly. Maybe tried being less of an asshole. It's mainly I'm telling people about all the <laughs> shitty things I know they say about me behind my back. Oh, okay. You're I'm, usually the crew. I'm the crew. That's why I identify is so it, much with them. Is it me and you having a conversation here? <laughs> this is. Are you saying you identify with Loken? Oh. <laughs> are you the Loken in this relationship? Uh, the other thing about every this, relationship has one. Uh, yeah, every, <laughs> uh, the other thing about this conversation that I found a little galling was uh, he's like, man, this anathema stabbing the war master that he got. And Yakton's like, the what? And he's like, oh, shit, I wasn't supposed to tell you that. And it's like, motherfucker, you yelled at Torgaden mm-hmm. for like dropping hints. And he's just like, whoops, I guess I got to tell you this whole backstory that also, I can't keep to myself. does... Cruz not know what that is because there should have been like posters up everywhere. Hey, have you seen this thing they say we took? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they just, but everyone was like, we didn't take that. It's obviously, they're obviously just lying, even Mm, though. They didn't even ask anybody because Yacht and Cruz didn't hear about this fucking thing. (laughs) Right, I don't think. They're all really bad at investigating. (laughs) To be fair, they have a skill set and it's murder. Yeah. Mm. Um, And it's not metaphor, as we know, and it's not... (laughs) It's not investigating. It's not any of this book learning. Are there detectives in this universe that have some silly Latin-y name? Uh, there are. They are the Adeptus Arbites. Ooh. And love they it, are, oh, they we... are simply Judge Dreads. Gotcha. Okay. They are shamelessly Judge Dreads. Um, I think you mentioned there's like a mystery series. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. 100%. Okay. They, they plagiarize Judge Dredd to make Arbites. And then in more recent years, when they've redone these models for these things, they've had to make them a lot less Judge Dreddy. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. But yeah, when they first came so out. So are just... they Carl Urban Judge Dreads or are they Sly Stallone Judge Dreads? <laughs> uh, I think they're probably more on the Carl Urban in the sense of they're more like not winky Judd, like not winky grimdark. Although I will argue to my dying day that the Sly Stallone Judge Dredd movie, even though it is a garbage film, it is a more accurate portrayal of the Judge Dredd comic book. Mm-hmm. 
even though the Carl Urban movie and is obviously no better. Lena Hetty. Is that how you say her name? I think, sure. so. I think so. Yeah, she was great. But anyway, they they chat with Cruz for a little while. And then also Loken finds out that Cruz is like, man, these remembrancers, because apparently Cruz is a big fan of random poetry he finds lying around the ventral <laughs> spirit. Um, and Loken's just like, somebody's writing mean poetry about us. What? And then called the to. truth is all we have like, what <laughs> so he puts that together he quickly. does i'm i was I really was, proud yeah. of him i was really proud he's getting better um this i just would like to pause for a moment and give a call to our listeners if you want to write any carcassy pamphlets Ooh. i would love to read any mm-hmm. poetry um you have they call them pamphlets but every time i read that i put in the word zine and i just imagine <laughs> yes. carcassy has like a sweet <laughs> angry punk zine about oh and the truth is all we have is the perfect zine title yes (laughs) yes yeah if you want to make a carcassy zine we would love to read some of that on air he's got like a a bad like picture like torn out of something of an astartes with like their eyes replaced with something and Mm -hmm. like mean word yeah anyway just a very sex pistols art vibe Mm -hmm. so yeah let's let's get some 40k zines any day but he storms back to his his place we we cut to carcassy who's pleased as punch with himself carcassy is because he's been making cool poems and he's like I, everyone's super into this he's like i know the crew is cleaning some of these up but i know some of them are getting to people that this is changing minds mm. um even though i don't know he has any evidence that that is what's happening but Especially since I don't think like anyone's left on the ship. Like they talk about how no the ship has, is just abandoned. No one has ever mentioned them except for the Astartes. Right. Like I've never heard any. Did even Euphrates Keeler mention, oh, I saw your zine. I love it. Did she? <laughs> no? Okay. She didn't She's even too busy do it. with her own zine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But she didn't even do it in like the polite way where you're like, oh, yeah, I read it. It's it's great. Great. What'd you like about it? Oh, the, the zine. You should never ask that. <laughs> yeah. I have never once asked to one of my friends, hey, what'd you think about our podcast? Oh, no. What was your favorite thing? <laughs> oh, no. oh, that would be so rude. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a good way to get them to be like, ah. Uh, yeah. It all goes downhill. You don't you don't want to know. <laughs> but uh, I really like that we got the callback to Carcassy comes back to his room and he's feeling really good about himself. And then he realizes the door to his room is slightly ajar and the reek of ammonia fills the corridor. But even over that powerful smell, Carcassy detected a familiar, pervasive aroma that could mean only one thing. And it's he smells a space marine. <laughs> why why Wait, does it why? smell of ammonia? Like, I missed... Oh, that's the, the ink and everything oh, from his okay. Oh, okay. Press. I thought maybe he had some like, cat urine yeah. around or something. It is weird that he's so obsessed with... I mean, you remember from, the I think, the first scene we ever saw yeah. of Carcassy the was... The sweat, and, my dear, the sweat. But also, he asked Mercedes Olaton, as soon as she walked in the door, what did he smell like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carcassy's got a, a smell thing, for mm-hmm. sure. But I like that over the smell of this ammonia, he can detect the scent of... Which kind of implies that like space marines just reek everywhere they go (laughs) like you can just tell stink cloud like pig pen (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and then you know loken is there he is not a big fan of carcassi's poetry um he's pissed that he vouched for him and how dare he and then i like that carcassi's response like loken is on the verge of murder 
And he's like, you literally asked me to do this. Yeah. And then Logan's just like, are you oh. fucking with me right now? <laughs> and I wish that was like, the showdown. Oh, right. Hey, I did. Yes. And then, you know, he points out, it's like, are you going to kill me like you killed a bunch of random people on a deck? And then Logan got a big sad. <laughs> so yeah, Logan's really sad about the murders right. that they did. But also, again, I feel like characterizing it as murdering a bunch of random people on a deck <laughs> is unfair. <laughs> I just think it's I unfair. I do, too. Yeah. Just there. But I also like that Logan always immediately just like, well, we'll just tuck these emotions deep down inside and move on. Like, I'm not going to dwell on the murders mm-hmm. or not murders, whatever mm-hmm. that he committed. I was um, proud of him, though, for being like, even if someone's saying something bad about us, like I said, just report the truth. So it I'm was not gonna... very 60s Batman. Yeah. <laughs> or he's like, Robin, they're just doing their job as the press. Yeah. Well, it would be more like 60s <laughs> yeah. Batman if 60s Batman did have to be like almost restrained from committing a murder yeah. <laughs> before then being like, he's oh, no, 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 perfect. you're right. Sorry, you're not. <laughs> but no. I mean, I guess compared to other I mean, again, compared to, say, like Abaddon. Logan is obviously like, I only want to murder somebody really bad, but I don't actually say throttle somebody because they said something that made me grumpy. I don't want to get too far ahead, but is Torgodden the most level headed of the Morn of All? Is that what we've come to it's learn? It's so crazy. We're going we're gonna to get <laughs> into so some things. It's so crazy. Oh, my God. As we go through these chapters, I do want to discuss how insanely I have turned the corner. You know, yeah, I think he guy. takes all of those feelings he has, maybe, and pushes them into comedy. Yeah. It's his coping mechanism. It's his coping. a healthy outlet. He has a healthy outlet. He's, yeah, he's the yeah. only one that does. All the rest of them. Yeah. Although I'm still sad. I mean, I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but I'm so sad they turned what I felt like was a healthy outlet into this cult well, <laughs> that yeah, they're yeah. in. I'm like, oh, they used to just kind of be able to bro out and relax mm-hmm. and not worry about their station in life. As a part of this military. But now it's like, oh, no, this has become a cult, too. Just like a s- secular. Well, it starts secular. I know. But yes, mm-hmm. Everything yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, all these things. But yeah, it turns out uh, it's almost like Erebus ruins everything. Mm-hmm. Everything all the okay. time. OK, so um, so then we get back to Horace. Well, actually, we have a, oh. a little Keeler Cinderman. Time we where do? they're they're doing yeah they're doing their yeah. little book club oh, a casual they, they a casual that? sexism again yeah, is, yeah. yes I mm-hmm. I have a note on there yes lost weight mm-hmm. he points out that she's lost weight and it doesn't suit her was that this chapter and, yeah and she says uh, something about like most women would be grateful for that yes and it's like no they wouldn't uh, be <laughs> stop Graham McNeil thinks most women would love to hear that I don't yeah. know that he's ever talked to a woman <laughs> to be honest. But um, he's maybe never listened to a woman. Ah. That's fair. He's probably talked to a woman <laughs> and told them that they've lost weight, and sometimes has to point out it doesn't suit them. Mm-hmm. It's like you could pack on a few more pants. This sweetheart. is another example of women can't win. Yeah, oh, no. you have too much weight. You have not enough weight. Well, you you look you've you're you don't look pretty enough. You've dolled yourself up too much. And there's such an easy way they could have approached it, especially because he is also looking like haggard mm-hmm. and right. like they've all gone through these horrible things mm-hmm. that have fucked them up emotionally. So mm-hmm. like being like, Oh my God, you look like you're exhausted or haggard or, you know, there's all these ways to address yeah. the toll that this has taken on them in a physical way. And not just been like, 
I don't like that you don't got them curves you used to have. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. It, it could have like, been like still like a quippy moment too. Like yeah. it's like, oh, you look terrible. Like thanks a lot for saying <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Right, that would have been yeah. a better moment. Yeah. Note for the adaptation of yes. this. Yes. Please do this. Yeah, make this Not- a little less 2006 would mm-hmm. be grand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have a they have their little religious chat that uh, Cinderman. Does have time to talk about their Lord and Savior, the Emperor. What do we call it? I need the word for religious curious. That's, (laughs) you know, he's exploring his religious feelings. Yeah. And she's just blown away by that. This guy who's like, you know, the almost the high priest, if you will, of like the secular imperial cult is sort of like, so tell me about this. The Emperor's a God thing, because I'm starting to come around. Uh, to yeah, this kind of now idea. Now that I think about it, I remember maybe there was some chat about that a long time ago with, uh, what's his name, Lorgar? Well, and that's, they, they <laughs> reveal that they have this book of Lorgar that he's trying to translate. It's like, you know what, there used to be this guy who worshipped the emperor. Right. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, they, they kind of imply that it's it's a rumored thing that like people have discussed that maybe Lorgar did this. Bar- about him. Well, he wrote a book. Oh, he wrote a book. Yes. No one's ever bothered to read it before now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in their defense, like, so you got this Lorgar guy who sounds like he's a little eh, weird. Yeah. Um, and he comes up to you and he's like, I wrote this book. Do you want to read it? You take it and you put it on your shelf and you make sure it's very prominently displayed on your shelf. Yeah, you don't crack the spine on that thing. Like, I'm not. I'm not reading your book, man. I'm not reading your weird emperor fanfic that you're <laughs> yeah. writing here. Just I'm gonna like say none I of love... our friends listen to the podcast. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> oh, and Horace is savvy enough that he never, you know, or, or hopefully Logar is savvy enough that he never asked Horace, like, what was your favorite part of my book? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Was Lorgar an Astartes? Lorgar is the Primarch of the Word Bearers. Oh, okay. So that's uh, then. Yeah, I wouldn't read his book either. I wouldn't yeah. write, read a single book written by a Space Marine. No, <laughs> not but gonna lie to you. He's uh, he's Erebus's Primarch. Ah, uh, okay. So, mm. um, so yeah, I'm supposed to that. bear those words, not right. Smith them into. <laughs> maybe maybe not actually write those words. Okay. So that happens. Then they're like, okay, meet me back in the library. It feels like, um, you know, in Buffy, like when they're like, we got to meet over at the library yeah. and do some research. Yeah. yeah, but he can't read. Cinderman can't read this book, but Euphrates got an idea of like something that'll help translate it. Anyway, now Cinderman is going to be Giles now in my mind, by the way. <laughs> that would <laughs> be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wishes. Giles. <laughs> yeah. Giles is the best. That actually yes. wouldn't be the worst actor to play. Anthony Head. Yeah, to yeah. play Cinderman. Yeah, I mean, he he's what we've most recently seen him in Ted Lasso. Oh, it's comically Being able to evil. chew the scenery, which I enjoy. Um, nom, nom, nom. Yeah, but maybe he'll want to <laughs> um, go back to his, his lovable uh, librarian. bookish roots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. I do think it's funny Cinderman gave like the big speech in the last book that was like baby's first atheism. <laughs> was the joke, and now he's giving the big speech about... It's like he's on the slow path, like agnosticism. Now, like, well, maybe, but, but what if maybe? Well, yeah, because that's exactly mm-hmm. it. Because it's all about proof. It's like, well, if we can find proof, yes, then yeah. I'm down. Because but I did I see am, a demon this one time. I'm and a it's skeptic. Fucking me up. But if there actually is proof, which <laughs> I feel like there's proof of a lot of things that he doesn't really believe in, but okay, yeah. <laughs> well, and it gets back to the. It's weird. That this is all hidden when there just are warp spirit yeah. monsters in the world that like people acknowledge. There's actual magic. And they're like, well, we should never tell anybody about it. They believe in magic so much they tell Magnus not to do it anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
well, if you have like you have demons, like you have monsters in the warp, like just say it's like, yeah, there's weird alien things that live in the warp and they look creepy. Mm -hmm. But there's a scientific explanation for them and you don't have to get really fucking weird when you see one. Like it doesn't make sense to hide it the way that they have. Like, yeah. Yeah. But they're like, nope, not going to do it. Anyway, then we get back. Now we get back to Horus. Yes. Horus vision quest Mm -hmm. um, back to. Oh, and then, so this reminded me, we're talking about, he talks about the homesickness of Chthonia and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and getting in there. And so like, obviously all of these people have British accents because these are British books narrated by a British person. But since I've been watching a bunch of Justified because Timothy Oliphant's my boo mm-hmm. and I love him dearly and they talk about mining that Kentucky coal. So mm-hmm. now I just keep thinking of like Horace with like a real Kentucky accent and like all of these sons of Horace. I was for some reason I was picturing kind of an Appalachian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appalachian. Because I was also listening to NPR. The KCR had some stories about coal miners. And yeah, stuff like that. So now week. in my heart, in my heart of hearts, all Chthonians sound like uh, Walton Goggins playing Boyd Crowder on Justified, and like just have this real thick a sky thick with polluted clouds, the taste in the air. Chemical and stagnant. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So that's that is Horace and all of the sons of Horace now. Well, I like to imagine he's kind of like um, he puts on like an accent maybe to be Horace the war master. Oh, yeah. And maybe he gets he has a, Yeah. Oh, but you know that then he goes like real deep into the Chthonian accent, though, when he's just talking like to the Mornival, like when he wants them to know that he's just one of them. He's one of the hey, boys. Yeah. Where are you boys been? Get on up here. Why are we get up here on horse's lap? Why are we drinking this this wine when we Swill. could be having some fancy home brewed Chthonian moonshine <laughs> like we ought? And then Ooh. fully switches to a British accent yes. when he's in front of everybody. It's like, oh, yes, it's quite so. The, the, the war master here. So, what? I don't know how far we are here, but I want to get to the point Nothing. where We've made he no says, <laughs> show yourselves to the wolves. Yes. Because the the pack of wolves come back and he or no, this is maybe right before they come back. He said he shouts, show yourselves. OK, but he also it says he's punching the air and bellowing in a <laughs> ululating war cry. Now, I wish I had. An audio clip to to just play this because I was like, "What is this?" He doesn't do the ululating war cry in here. He just does the show yourselves and then says those the text. Well, now that he's Appalachian, I'm gonna scoot back from the microphone. It's like, <laughs> woo! <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. that is 100% the truth. I don't know. Is that you, you lady? <laughs> he though? fully yodels. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, because what do you guys think of? Am I misremembering what you, you lady? No, means? I mean, because not. it's. Yeah. I can't, I can't do, do, it. do it. I can't do it either. That was a good you, you lady. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I know for me, it's just, it's a. It's a rebel yell, kind of yeah. a woo-hoo sort of vibe. And you want to do one? I don't. I it was perfect. Yeah, Eric's was Eric was dead it. on. That was exactly it. So I there's no I cannot improve on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that we get back to Graham McNeil loves that people punch in the air. Mm-hmm. They are constantly air punching. It's such a weird time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, like it's just like him fist pumping alone. <laughs> surrounded by wolves. He's just trying shouting, to himself up. Shouting looper call. It, <laughs> so that's again. my note. Is it weird to use your own name as a war cry? Tyranny. <laughs> seems so strange. Like you could be like Luna Wolves because that's the organization he's in, but not like me, me. 
with me. <laughs> like, do you think when he was fighting with the emperor, the emperor was charging forward, being like, for me, go, man. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's true. That could be part would. of the problem. I, yeah. As I will get into it later, but I think his defining quality at this point is definitely pride. Right. Like his 100%. ego has swollen so much. Yes. By this point. Yes. He used to be more curious about other people, mm-hmm. and now he's not. He's like, I'm the best. And I will say, I have enjoyed all the parts in this book with Horus on his vision quest, actually. Like. <laughs> Although I like that we get there. So then finally the wolves show up and just turn into Magnus. And <laughs> it's like, why did you do that to begin it's like, with? Could you yeah. not do this before? Especially, and you might be getting here, but especially when he says, I'm hoping it's hyperbole, but he mentions that, where is it? Every second, I think he says in the warp, costs the lives of <laughs> a dozen followers. Yeah. yeah. Like, get to the fucking point. I want to see <laughs> that scene, though, where we're just seeing followers dying. Uh, every second, uh-huh. a how many? He's a lot. Yeah, I mean, he says they're thralls, so they're not like obviously his number one number right. of guys. But yeah, but he could have just as a wolf. Yo, it's me. I'm taking a wolf form. Yeah, here's what you need to know. Or also, been like, all right, you figured out your horse. We got. I don't have to be a wolf anymore. <laughs> Hi, yeah. it's me, your bro right. Magnus. Instead, he's like, let me really quickly him. tell you what you need to know. Whisper, whisper. Yeah. He does it the most dramatic far. way possible too. Like when he tur- he doesn't just like snap his yeah. fingers. Now I'm now I'm Magnus. He waits he, like, until he, he says, like, "Show yourself." He, there's like a whole light show with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the wolf reared up on its hind legs, like its form elongating and widening, like just slowly melts into its. Oh yeah, form. it's very drama goth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess if you're a red maned cycloptic witch, you don't subtlety isn't your yeah. thing. <laughs> That's yeah. I think all of these, the flair for the dramatic um, in these, he is wearing a billowing cloak of feathers. Yeah. So, which, yeah, I clocked that. Yeah, which I, is but, he supposed to be like a phoenix kind of? No, that's that's very emphatically a different one. Oh, is he like a crow? Or is that also that's a, different a different one? one. Yeah, There's it's also a, a different guy. one. There's a crow guy and a phoenix it. guy. Giraffe? Let's just keep. <laughs> what is it represented? <laughs> We're running out of animals. Do Are it. there two wolves? And there's two wolves, yeah. which is infuriating. So. It's because there's two wolves inside them. Oh, nah. God. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then then not Sejanus shows up and and Magnus is all grumpy that he's not true. And then he finally reveals he tears away the illusion and reveals that Haster Sejanus the whole time is <gasps> gasp Erebus. Yeah, I felt like Magnus was very bold here. Both him and Erebus in the next chapter make claims about each other that I feel like are so crazy because it's like, you guys are doing the same fucking thing. Oh. He's like, don't trust him. He's in a disguise. Oh, you, wolf guy, literally just turned into a human now? And you're like, you can't trust a guy in a disguise. Yeah. Again, and there seems to be no reason for him to have ever chosen to be a pack of wolves. (laughs) But yeah, I so I boggled by that decision that he made in the first place. But so to chapter 17... Klaatu, Barada, Warhammers. The power of the Emperor compels you, and my Primarch's back, and there's going to be trouble. <laughs> um, my Primarch's back, and I'm going to be in Hey, hey, my Primarch's back. There we go. Oh, Lordy. That is... We should start a band. We should. <laughs> yeah, we have a fallback here. Yeah. We, we know what we can get to. Um, so we, we cut away from that, and we're back to Keeler and Cinderman. Uh, trying to trying to translate this book um, and she brings and this is wild to me that none of this makes sense. 
<laughs> None of this makes sense. Remotely. Okay. Uh, well, look, are we just going to get into Erebus's head? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so this is how, how, how has Cinderman never noticed Erebus's head tattoos before? Because don't they work together? No. No? I don't think Cinderman specifically hung out with Erebus at all. Okay. But apparently he has a whole fucking Rosetta Stone on his head. Yeah, he's got, he's got, well, no, that's the thing. He doesn't have a Rosetta Stone on his head. He has a bunch of the language from his planet on his face, like his own like little scripture tattooed on his face. Mm -hmm. But the key thing, they treat it like it's a Rosetta Stone, but the key part of the Rosetta Stone is that it had hieroglyphs, it had like another Egyptian language, and it had You have translations. Which is a very useful thing. This is just... This is just post Malone. <laughs> this isn't how, like, if I didn't know English, you can't show so, me post Malone's face and I get it now. So wait, it's not even that the tattoos on him have anything to do with this book? Like, it's just that it's that language? Well, they're, or, they're like excerpts from this book. They are. Okay, that's what I get the okay. impression. So, but it's still not like. That wouldn't help you crack. The yeah, code. it's not like half of his face is Colchisian or whatever his planet is, and the other half of his face is Imperial Gothic or whatever that is. It's so, just all so, the one but language. Cinderman's never seen this guy's head before. I mean, we get the impression that he's shocked, he's stunned by this revelation, that he's like, oh shit, this is helpful. He's kind of like, though, I got to talk to Erebus about this book because I think he. Because there, there was something in the last chapter yeah, where he was like, oh, I think that I need to ask Erebus about this Logar or Lorgar book or whatever. I think he's. Yeah, apparently he's never talked to Erebus up until this point. That doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> like you guys can't read. What, I, I'm, I, I just held my arm up. I'm, it's in Quinya. So it's, that's what? What, it's in Quinian. Quinian. Uh, What's so Quinian? Like, Elf. Quinya, uh, Tolkien's Elvish, oh, the High okay. Elvish. Okay, we can get in. So I'm going to grab. But you can't suddenly read that just because that's the point. Well, yeah. no. Yeah. If I had that tattoo and a book of Elvish, like then I, that's all yeah. I need. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> clearly that's, that's how it works. I've got a guy's tattoo. They keep talking about the grammatical key, and I'm like, what? What? He <laughs> had a grammatical key on his on his head. It was a tattoo of a key that said grammatical <laughs> in that language. <laughs> Post Malone as Erebus is yeah. going to be stuck in my head forever now. <laughs> so anyway, this is nonsense, but whatever. The, the long and short of it is, is that he is able to use this somehow to translate this book, even though that's bonkers. Um, but that gets us to and while he's busily translating the book, uh, uh, Keeler goes wandering off to go wander the stacks and see what's out there, um, gets weirdly attracted to a book that then doesn't. Well, yeah. So before she gets there, though, can I can I just talk about a few things regarding Keeler? Oh, yes. So before we even see the uh, we see his head on the picked. Right. Right. And and Cinderman says, can you get any closer to the symbols from all sides of Erebus's head? Is that possible? And she says, please, it's me. And then she she replied, her hands dancing across the keys of the editing engine. She's just doing the zoom function. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I was thinking Blade Runner. I don't know if you are familiar enough with Blade oh. Runner. Remember that like the when they do that fancy thing in the picture with some pictures in Blade Runner, uh-huh. they can like change the angle oh, and stuff. You know what? And- Actually, that reminds me more of um, what's the Tom Cruise movie with the 
Minority Report. Minority Report. Right. And there's a lot of like enhance. Yeah. Enhance. There's a lot of like moving things around with your hands. Uh, I'm like, Mm-mm-mm. yeah, this has got very zoom in enhance vibes. But yeah. the thing sure. is, like, She's it's, doing not, space editing it's not or... about you, lady. <laughs> Anybody who could handle a pict could do this. Like, I don't think there's like a special class you take to do a zoom on a pict. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, but Cinderman doesn't know that, so she That's could well, be really. Yeah. It's really old. old. He doesn't know man. technology, yeah, so she can pretend to be very. Yeah, it's like anytime you help your grandma with technology, you feel like she's like, "Don't worry, it's me. I know technology." Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just helping helping the person that doesn't know how to do these things. So there's that, and then actually, this is a line that I thought nothing of the first time I. I listened to it and then I read it and I was like, this actually doesn't make sense. Keeler. So whenever he's kind of like, oh, do you even know anything about books? I don't know. She smiled as she got up from the table. I may not be a documentarist, but I know which end of the book to read, Carol. And that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> which end of a book do I read? Yes. Yes. You read the whole thing, yeah. usually. The first time I looked at that, or I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then the second time, I was like, that's <laughs> I don't think she does know which quote end. It's <laughs> confused about how books that. read. Arya Stark, you read it with the wordy end? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like. It's like in 40-year-old virgin when Steve Carell is trying to pretend with all the other guys that he knows what it's like to have sex. And he's like, you know when you grab a woman's boob and it's like a bag of sand? You know what I'm and I was like, what? Yes. Like, that's what you She's like, I've read books before. I know which mm-hmm. end of yeah. the book. Yeah, you yes. start at the bookend. I've heard of bookends. That's a, that's a thing that exists. That must it's, be what they were saying. Yeah. I don't know I which end of it to book. I couldn't figure out what she meant by that but i was 100 percent sure she didn't know what a book was i glossed right over that (laughs) that's a good point i admit i was too busy being distracted by cinderman saying things like you see this word is laden with vowel transliterations and it's like what that doesn't mean anything (laughs) this word is just like just full of vowel transliterations as we know and whatever No. no And they're both really, they're both full of shit. That's well, what I'm saying. I think it's more Graham McNeil was killing time before getting to what his real wheelhouse is and the things I've enjoyed the most in this book, yes. which is action the cool sequence. horror action sequence yes. that's yeah. coming up. Yes. He's trying to. It's like we got to get some pages filled here so I can <laughs> right. get to the school. Or the editor was like. The original draft was just chapter two, a fight. Chapter three, a fight. And he was like, put some plot in this thing. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> we'll have these characters talk, I guess, but I'm ready for the monsters. Yeah, um, and I'm, I am too. I just had to yeah. talk about. And speaking things. of which, so yeah, so she wanders off. She finds the book of Adam, I guess, and Atum. like Atum, Atum. <laughs> and really wants to to read from it. And then she's reading it, and then she realizes that what she what Cinderman's reading out loud because Cinderman has not watched every horror movie. And well, I was just gonna say this reading out loud. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. I was. I was going to say this got real Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. so that's right in my notes is just that it's now Warhammer meets Evil Dead because um, he reads it. And then, of course, starts summoning some eldritch thing from beyond time and space uh-huh. um, into the world. And it's it's then this is where, again, where I think Graham is good at his job mm-hmm. is talking about just the light bulged and stretched as though something was pushing through from beyond and an iridescent questing limb oozed from its depths. And we're just starting to get this horrible monster uh, wandering through. And I then she gets be. to punch Cinderman in the face, which I think we've all wanted to do at one point or another. <laughs> that was good. So um, but there's undulating, glowing flesh tearing it's through. Undulate. Yeah, it's good. You're got to undulate when you're in these sort of things. 
on the colors they described made me think of like color out of space oh, or yeah. that eldritch. There was a lot of uh, Lovecraftian vibes yes. Yes. in in this particular chapter, which I'm. I, this is why I'm saying I would love to see this oh, on yeah. screen. It, it moved with a rippling motion, lunatic faces, eyes and crackling mouths forming and reforming from the liquid matter of its body. Um, blue and red light flared from it, strobing and dazzling beams through the archive. Yes. Um, and well, this is they don't call it that, but we've been starting to see monsters that are in Warhammer proper um, in these demons. Like we saw the the horned cyclopean critter zombie things from before. And those are plague bears. And that's a monster in Warhammer. And this is something cleverly called a pink horror. Um, <laughs> and because it is a horror, that is pink. Mm-hmm. And perhaps not the greatest name for a monster, but here we are. Um, I think Logan but it, named that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horror and it, it's very pink. Um, but this horrible amorphous, Flame vomiting monster starts rampaging around the archives and Keeler and Cinderman have to run away and they are rescued at the last minute by everyone's favorite astropath, Ing May Singh, a character we've heard off referenced offhandedly like and two times. I've been saying every time that her name is the coolest and I couldn't wait for her to do something yeah. cool. So finally, uh-huh. yes, she, she does show up to find something cool, but it is it's sort of like the it's like. Keeler turned and saw the white-robed form of the vengeful spirit's mistress of astropaths, Ing May Singh, standing in the archive chamber's doorway with her hands outstretched before. And it's like, this would land better if we'd ever spoken to this character in the <laughs> so last 300 pages. I think she's pages. talked like once. Right. <laughs> Does she do sorcery? So uh, let's talk about astropaths and how there's this awkward thing in the Warhammer world where so there's no faster than light communication in Warhammer like they don't have a way to like send messages faster than light normally. So what they do is they get these psychic people that are called astropaths and they can like send these weird sort of dream messages uh, that are very like allegorical and mystical or whatever. And then other astropaths can like pick those up and that's how they send messages. So this is, Oh, go ahead. So magic isn't allowed except for when it totally is. Oh, (laughs) basically. Oh yeah. These people are central to the existence of the Imperium. (laughs) You're not technically doing it. Right. Well, the idea is that it's not, it's just psychic powers. Yeah. D and D rules state that that's separate. Right. Yeah. It's not magic. Right. They used uh, psionic points Uh to send these messages and not magic spells. But yes, but these are very necessary because otherwise the Imperium couldn't function because there'd be no way to send messages and communicate. So they use all these psychic people. It reminds me of that card game that I've played over here that you'll remember the name of where one person pulls, puts out those like vague cards that have like, yeah, there you go. Mysterium is a great game. But yeah, it's the same sort of thing. And I don't know, like they always talk about how the messages are like really like allegorical and dreamlike and that kind of thing. But also they're often sending messages that are like, we need, you know, 300 tons of steel and two hundred like very logistical messages. Huh. And it's like, I don't know how those things work together, but apparently they do or at least do well enough for the Imperium to function. But also, does she have like telekinesis, too, or something? Because that has nothing to do with psychic yeah, they, messages. She's just psychic. She's got cool psychic. <laughs> she, she can psychic the psychics. So, okay. yeah, it's very vague what psychics can do. Psychers can just sort of do whatever. Whatever is, they need them to do. Yeah, to narratively the appropriate. Okay. Yeah. They're just real cool at do doing that sex thing. Machina. So yes. we don't see much of Ing May Singh, though, before we go on to another. Oh, no. She just we, briefly stops the monster and then, and then back to Horace and Horace. Magnus. 
where Horace is like, hmm, I'm a little jealous that Lorgar was chosen first. Well, and that's again, we get all of these brief moments of Horace kind of again, almost being so close mm-hmm. to understanding because yeah, Erebus reveals that uh, that Lorgar wanted to worship the emperor. The emperor said, no, 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 there'll be no worshiping of me. And then other chaos gods, other gods were were interested in him and they chose Lorgar as yeah. their emissary and he's, he's said, like why didn't you choose me yeah, he's like he said we're, we're DTW <laughs> yes wow, down to worship thank you <laughs> there was a really funny moment in here at the beginning of the section oh, where I love this um, bit. Erebus and Magnus like snipe at each other oh. and then Horace is like dude you said that you didn't know who this was like you obviously are Erebus because he he was still trying to pretend he wasn't and then he's like he's like fine okay yeah you know what I lied again but you should believe me this time (laughs) and there's two things there's that and then there's uh he's like oh you're gonna trust this Magnus guy he couldn't be here without doing sorcery and he's not allowed to do sorcery and then Magnus is like you use sorcery you also could only be here with sorcery and it's like well no one told me specifically not to sorcery exactly (laughs) it's the most it's a a loophole everyone's arguments are so dumb and then Magnus like shoots fireballs at him for a while that don't work because he's not like (laughs) strong enough psychically in this place to do it and like does uh, he says he like does it over and over again. Like, Horace watched as Magnus hurl bolt after bolt of lightning from his fingertips. <laughs> and it's like, how many times do you have to try where Erebus is just like lulls, you know, I imagine arms akimbo on hips, like laughing as fireballs are bouncing off of him <laughs> to be like, oh, this isn't working. These people are supposed to be geniuses. And it's like, well, maybe fireball number 12 will be the one that does the job. <laughs> but there we are. Um, but yes, I love all of that, and I love all of their just silly arguments that are dumb. And yes, Erebus being immediately caught in a lie. Um, it reminds me of the, if you ever saw the old movie, uh, George Clooney. Oh, oh brother, brother, oh, brother where are He's now. like, well, you know what? I lied. Yes. <laughs> when he's like, it's like that Piggly Wiggly. I, I was, well, what? Washed away all my sins. Even that Piggly Wiggly I robbed. And like, you said you was framed for that. Well, I lied. It's like, but I've been washed away from that too. Yeah, and it's just this. It's like, well, I lied, but it's fine. That really fits with the Appalachia Horace. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about that Piggly Wiggly that Erebus knocked over down in Planet, I don't know, Lexington. But um, yeah, just a nonsense argument that's there, and I like that Horace kind of gets more and more like, you know what? I hate everybody involved in this conversation. It's appealing to his number one authority himself. Right. Yes. Um, what did you think of Magnus? Because I know Magnus was your boy, right, Eric? Uh, <laughs> what did you think of him in this? <laughs> I didn't like the fireball scene that we were just talking about. <laughs> I wanted him to be a little bit more on top of yeah. shit. But yeah, he doesn't seem very efficient. But I have ho- high hopes that he'll be better when he... Maybe he'll get allowed. He won't. Maybe he won't have to hide his magic, and he'll be better at it in the future. That's true. Mm-hmm. But yes, and then there's some some fading away, and um, them, Erebus and Magnus shouting at each other. And I like even that Magnus is like he must be lying because Lorgar's Lorgar's too good. Lorgar would never turn against the Emperor. And Erebus is like, oh, you don't know anything about that. I also think he has or Erebus has a line 
When the emperor rejected Lorgar's worship, he found other gods all too willing to accept his devotion. And that never sounds to me like a line you say if you're on the side. Like, that's the thing I would say about you doing something wrong. <laughs> like, these gods were all too willing to take their worship. Like, that's weirdly sinister it for is. someone to say about, like, his own side <laughs> of this <laughs> can't help it. He's a mustache-twirling <laughs> cartoon villain. That's true. <laughs> He's like, I know we're evil, but I'm actually on board for it, <laughs> so... Here we go. Everyone else. Maybe Erebus is the only one that actually knows what he's doing in this world. <laughs> that he's like, I'm a villain. I'm evil. I love I'm I'm here for it. So <laughs> let's just do this. So then we get back to in May Singh. Yes. Yes. Horace tells everyone to fuck and off and that he's made his choice. And <laughs> he's then made we get his back. choice based on his own decision, I guess. Right. Uh, then Ing May Singh is like, can we get a can we close the door, please? <laughs> right. Can you please get a little help here? Yes. A little help here. I want to know how a door is going to help against a, like, fiery demon, but okay. You know, it's better to have a door between you and a fiery demon than not have a door between you and a fiery demon. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it doesn't do anything. And Ingmay sings like, what the fuck are you doing? I could hear your weird magic sorcery from wherever the hell I was standing. Got here as quick as I could. And I feel like Keeler was a little rude. She she said some things that were a little rude a couple times here for no reason, like unnecessarily rude. Shame you weren't here quicker than or shame you weren't quicker than. Can you send it back? It's like you're part of the problem, Keeler. I, I don't think you get to do this. Yeah, I think it's a bit stress. But yeah, it seems unfair for somebody to come rushing to your aid and you'd be like, why the fuck weren't you here sooner? And it's like you never why? why? Well, what is happening? She snaps at Cinderman, who's like, I think I may have mistranslated part of the book. And she's like, you think? <laughs> Doi. <laughs> but I like yeah, that. that was her vibe in this. And I felt like she's getting a little cocky. I do like that Ing May Singh points out that he probably translated it perfectly. Yes. Like, yeah. It'd be weird to mistranslate someone and summon a demon. <laughs> as, a t- as intended. Right. Yeah. You know, it did what it says on the box. It's a you feature, just didn't not know. a bug. Right. Yeah. yeah. This it's is a feature. I don't know. It was a little buggy. Uh, um, <laughs> hey. um, but yeah, I just felt like she was being kind of a total jerk. And I also, like when she's like, I can fight it. And then she turns around with her thing. Mm-hmm. She turns into a cleric of the emperor. And yes. I would have just loved for her to be completely annihilated. <laughs> I'm, I'm so mad about yeah. how that turned out. Well, we don't we don't have we don't know yet. Oh, we get to the end of it, yes. okay. And she holds out her thing and says the emperor protects as the flames washed over. So maybe. But no, spoiler alert. Okay. She's not annihilated. So she cast circle of protection. Pink s- horror. Yes. I didn't save any <laughs> audio clips for this episode, but I did have a picture because there was a picture of this scene in the book that I the Kindle. Yeah, the Kindle <laughs> version. And well, here I, I the, there's also there's a better resolution one that I found online hold on a second (laughs) (laughs) any thoughts on from a distance when you were first pulling it up i thought it was cinderman yeah Yeah. yes that's not though i mean it's clearly not because it's on her Mm -hmm. wiki page but also um you got the little thing she's holding up yeah she's saying whatever her uh oh well this turned into the exorcist because she's basically like the power of christ compels you but christ is the emperor (laughs) yeah the emperor protects or yes. something. The, uh, yes. No, I think she might have said the compels you thing. Did well, she? first she says the emperor protects in the next section. 
Oh, oh back I'm sorry. She starts to, yeah. So this is just... She gets really into it when it yes. works. Yes. When she doesn't uh, just catch fire. But is this what you were picturing when you pictured Euphrates? No. No. My only problem is it looks like she's kind of lost some weight. And uh, honestly, I don't think it suits her. <laughs> It's a really masculine haircut if she just let her hair grow yeah. well, a little bit. Well, but the thing is, it's Put not on some makeup. Just, she could be so pretty if yeah. she tried. It's not just her haircut that is like masculine here, though. Yeah. I feel like they're like any woman with short hair just looks, looks like, like a, a dude. dude. Yeah. Which, as a woman with short hair, I have to say, I, I like to think <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> but I, can, I think Annie Lennox, for instance, beautiful, mm-hmm. stone cold fox. Mm-hmm. Annie Lennox, this is not. <laughs> now, there might be a case, like, I don't know who who drew this particular drawing, but I can imagine they get an artist from their Warhammer stable of artists, and they're like, you need to draw a woman. And they're like, what? <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't do that. Traditional, I mean, that, there aren't those in this. <laughs> they traced over a photo of a man, and right. they were like, I don't know, we'll put some, like, lips on it to right. make it look. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's the only true. slightly soft. But no shame. Keeler's just yeah. new. She's, she's a handsome woman. I don't think this is what Keeler would look like. Personally. It doesn't fit with how they described yeah. it because there are very masculine women. But like, yeah, the way that they describe her is being like very curvy, traditionally uh-huh. feminine until she loses a lot of weight. And then it's like, no, this looks like a person who's always been a very thin, like, more strong jawed masculine type figure and that's not how they describe her it's a little thin white duke era david bowie honestly yeah (laughs) right i mean it doesn't not look like david bowie it looks a lot like david bowie (laughs) i might might do a side by side i think this picture looks more masculine than david bowie to be fair i always think david bowie is being very like um androgynous Mm -hmm. and this to me doesn't read androgynous. It reads. It does man. very much look like an artist who's never drawn a woman before. <laughs> I think that. I think Walter is on the money. <laughs> but yeah, but we get to anyway. Emperor protects. We'll get back to them in a second here. But first, we have to get back to Loken. Finally, heading back down to Davin. They're at the temple. Torgaden's there. Vipus is there. The whole the whole Sons of Horus crew. I think, with the exception of Malagurst, they specifically call out is not there for whatever reason. Um, but they're all waiting. They're real stressed. You know, dad's in the hospital. You know, is he going to get out? Is he going to be OK? Um, there's a lot of discussion. It's like, are they there a fight? And Loken's like, no, there's been too much fighting. We got to you got to end this. We're going to be we're going to be together because we're bros. Um, that sort of thing. Everyone's concerned. It's uh, it's a scene. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Little Horace flashes those puppy dog eyes. Yeah. To get him to- He's so happy that 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 Loken is hanging out with him again. Um, Because they're there. And then the doors dramatically begin to open. And then nothing happens really in that whole bit. But whatever. And we get back to you, Freddy Keeler, which is what we're here for because she's fighting monsters. And yeah, this is when she gets real Mm exorcisty. She's power of the emperor compels you. Power of the emperor compels you. (laughs) Ingmay Singh is telling her to keep doing what she's doing. Um, uh, I like, of course, we get the uh, Indiana Jones. uh, Her artifact is burned into her hand. (laughs) So she like now has a sweet palm aquila mm-hmm. like mark maybe which, if her hand gets damaged enough she can just get a chain sword attached to her I mean, <laughs> frankly <laughs> people love having robot hands in this world um i also it's just a weird detail and i sort of like it even though it's it feels very discordant in the thing so 
she's holding on to this thing and it's literally burning her hand like it's melting in her hand. It's red hot. And, you know, how she can feel the skin of her palms blistering under its heat. And Ing Mei Sing is doing her psychic stuff. And one thing that happens in 40K all the time is whenever people use psychic powers, it gets cold. You know, you get the horror movie ghosty. The room gets chilly and you start seeing frost on the walls and everything when people are doing psychic powers. And I just like that Keeler's like. The air around the astropath grew colder, and Keeler moved her hand close to the psyker in the hopes of cooling the blazing eagle. Like, oh, that's, hot. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. They if cross you keep... the streams. <laughs> but just like in the middle of this dramatic yeah. scene, being like, oh, that's a soothing. That's got some winter mint to it yeah, that, that I really that she, like. So at the beginning, I think it was at the beginning of the last chapter, maybe, but maybe it was this one. When she go, first walks into wherever Cinnamon was, she was kind of just like, ooh, it's a little chilly. What was that about? I think that was supposed to be kind of hinting that like magic, psychic, sorcery things were happening. But it does just feel like maybe the AC was on too much. Well, yeah. Or maybe like because we already talked about the servitors aren't really taking as good a care. They just right. didn't put as much like logs in the oh, fire right. or something. Like, yeah. it's, it's like the Titanic. There's a coal room and they're not like shoveling <laughs> coal into the, <laughs> into the thing. Um, yeah, I think they were trying. He was trying to suggest that things were spooky, but I don't know if they leaned into it hard enough to make that clear um but yeah she she uses her her exorcist emperor powers and uh they banish the pink horror and she of course passes out dramatically so is the emperor a god then well boy sure starts starts really yeah we're starting to raise a lot of questions about what the emperor is and what seems like there's a lot of of the emperor is and that kind of thing um i think we'll see in there there's a lot of debate also in this world about like does worship itself have a power mm. like that sort of thing like it's not necessarily like the emperor doesn't necessarily have to like actively like ah yes you're praying to me so i'm going to do the thing but like the faith that you have in the emperor is something that you can focus as an energy to do something um and it could have total been psychonaut in. stuff yes necessary <clears throat> you know that that sort of thing and like do the do the chaos gods want people to worship them because of the power they gain from people worshiping them and that kind mm. of thing and does this empower them? Anyway, but that's they get into more of it. But obviously, there's more than meets the eye to this whole emperor worshipy sort of thing. And I think they even point out that like a bunch of people arrive just in time to watch her. Yeah. From behind her, Keeler heard the clatter of armored ships crew and their cries of astonishment the scene before them. So like a ton of people witness her doing emperor magic to banish a monster. I feel like she's going to become a cult leader. It seems where that's going. For sure. (laughs) She already kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to have some real cult cachet now, though, that Mm -hmm. she's able to do this. Um, But then we get back to Loken and everyone on the planet. Doors open. Nothing happens. They're like, oh, Warmaster's dead. And then, ba-ba-ba! The Warmaster's not dead. And he comes striding out of the cave. He's wearing his fancy armor, which is a little weird that they never took that off while they were treating him. Um, And I have a little note in here. They talk about, uh, if I can find it, the eye in the center of his breastplate blazed a fiery red and the laurels at his forehead framed features that were beautiful and terrible in their magnificence. And I'm like, oh, while he was in the hospital, they made sure to. Get your, get your little laurels. On your say, has hat he always had laurels? I've seen a lot of pictures of him with laurels on. Yeah, I don't know if Is they a... just describe that all the time, but I just feel like it's a weird piece of headwear to wear if you're in the hospital. I, you know, and and about the armor thing, you know, when you go into like an ER, you're getting naked and yeah. they're looking yeah. at your entire fucking body. Yep. Whether you they're like it or not, they're looking <laughs> yep. at that flesh barrel. Yes, <laughs> that ribless flesh barrel on the flesh barrel. Yeah. 
Um, it would have been funnier if he walked out in like one of those flimsy hospital like, paper gowns, <laughs> like ass flapping in the breeze, you know, like they or don't maybe really... they have an armor version of that, but their butt is still exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tied just at the neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a power gown. And, um, yeah, but it's still but he gets to he gets to keep his nice little laurel hat, which is I thought nice. Um, there's much punching of the air. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Torgotten <laughs> punched Jersey the air. Cries of yes. Cries of looper call. Horace is, is so excited everyone's there and everyone's just shouting looper call and everything's great. And that uh, gets us through through that chapter. Horace is back. Nothing bad's going to happen from this. Um, leading us to chapter 18, putting the war back in Warhammer, Imperium Psycho <laughs> and Torgadon. Because he's my boy. All right. We're going to talk about him at the end of this chapter. Really turned a corner. Really amazingly. Yeah. turned. It's I'm stunned how, how the journey we have taken with Torgan. Um, the thing that really struck me at the start of this chapter is how long it's been since we've had a fight. Um, and Graham's really been weirdly restrained in this. Like, when did they last fight in this book? It's just been, I mean, I guess it was the zombie fight. Yeah, the zombie fight. A long well, ass no, time I mean, ago. And you're then not counting, fighting Timba. You're not counting the, the library de- war? Ah, it's just a, oh, that's a little baby fight. Okay. This is a war, you know, okay. like a, we have the sound of bolters and yeah. cries of brother. And yeah, we and haven't had that. How long has it been ago. since a time jump? Right. Well, and so we here have we a are. A big fuck off. A bunch of them jump. in this chapter. Oh, it's, it's insufferable. <laughs> back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, you know, we're getting into the last few chapters and they're like, oh, we got to Graham's got to get some things out. He spent too much time, uh, apparently chatting about linguistics and not enough time fighting. So here we are. Yeah. I'm sad that er- that we got a cool name only to have that guy die immediately. Oh, well, and Emery Seligmac, fabricator console to the Oretian technocracy. <laughs> I also feel and I wanted to ask Eric about like, I feel that we just get a cavalcade of cool groups of people that then they immediately discard yeah. in these books. And I wondered how you felt about the Orishian technocracy, because I just yeah, think, it's a again, cool name. seems cool. Yeah. I like how he's like, why wouldn't our armor be the same? Aren't we all using the same blueprints for this? Yeah. And he's like, I, I feel like he killed him. He killed him because they use technology or something. Well, I, I'm... We're going to get to the part of it is is not knowing stuff about Warhammer is that STCs or standard template constructs are a big deal in Warhammer. And they're like that there used to be this golden age of technology where like humanity went out to the stars and they used these STCs to like build everything they needed. And they were like this amazing super technology and it was wonderful. And then since then, the long night happened and everything got fucked up and almost all of those were lost. So and and this is, of course, one of those every popular fantasy sci fi world where it's like, oh, you know, when the technology was really good in the past, <laughs> because yeah. technology now is shitty and technology in the past when the elders did it or whatever is always better. Um, so him finding out that these people have like a bunch of these SDCs is like, oh, this is that's a hell of a thing that you have. And I think you'll see later that he, he it was wanting those. This is greed. Not greed driving oh, this, but he is. Not I completely right. misunderstood yeah, I this because I actually thought for a while, is he just here to train them and killing people who look like them? No, you'll and see. And that's it. Oh, that's, I actually like that idea a yeah, lot. That, that it's like, we better, like, I got to get these guys practicing murdering space marines. Yeah, yeah, I was totally lost. I had no idea. <laughs> Although, I will remind you, it's unthinkable to consider yeah, space yeah. marines fighting space marines <laughs> once again. 
Um, but I like that. That's actually a good point. I really like how Loken, they talk about how Loken had that moment of hesitance when seeing these people in armor mm-hmm. like his. And it's like, but the last 10 months have really, really gotten that, gotten past that. A lot of foreshadowing, though, about fighting people, you know. Can you imagine well, if we were fighting was, other Astartes? Like, oh my god, reading crazy. Way too much into this. No, and and you'll see because like Regulus, the Mechanicum guy, you know, when he's like, I got these STCs, and it's like one one zero 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 one one zero zero one. Like, oh, I'm very excited that you said that. And then Horace is like, Oh yeah, you're excited they said that. Kablamo. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we jumped ahead. Um, so there's this fight. They're fighting this Orishian technocracy who dresses in their same power armor. Um, and they got to that, you know, immediately upon Horace's recovery, he pops up into a ship. He's like, we were going to go do this other thing, but instead I'm telling these guys to meet me. We're going to this rando planet that I just want to go to. And then they're like, oh, shit, there's humans here. Kick ass. Good for you. Um, and then they immediately get into a war with them. Mm. <laughs> so and we see some cool battle scenes. Um, and they talk about how these guys have cool weapons that are very similar to theirs. And they have armor that's similar to theirs. But they point out a lot that. Uh, like, but they're not space marines. It's like they have cool power armor, but the people in the power armor are just normal dudes. And at the end of the day, uh, that's not good enough. I feel like Loken's shocked face at this time has to be a shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever this happens, because it happens every time they meet any beings. Oh, is yeah. Murdering them. Whoa. Yeah, the last few times. They have the not Interax, gone well. Yeah. They, that and, planet that wasn't Earth, but was definitely right. Earth. <laughs> and has Mercedy just not been hanging out with Carcassy or uh, Euphrates at all? Because I feel like she's so like, uh, but the propaganda told me this, so it has to be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like not. She's like completely the opposite of them as far as her level of trust with authority. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, Mer- it also doesn't make sense now that you pointed that out, because Mercedy was with Carcassy and was also horrified by watching them the murders the murder quote unquote (laughs) (laughs) on the embarkation deck so yeah you'd think it seems very much like plot devicey to make her what logan he assassinated someone for no reason yes our primark he would never (laughs) do that he's such a cool guy yeah um yeah, they like they needed someone for Loken to tell these things to, and that's the only person he talks to. Um, I also yeah, I wish they would just show her kind of flinching anytime Loken moves too fast yeah. while they're hanging out. Yeah. Like, oh. um, I also got a little mad, I'm mad at Loken because they're being attacked. We're in a good battle scene. Um, these planes are like flying over and strafing them, and now Vipus is like incoming, and Loken like turns to rebuke him for stating the obvious when he saw that his friend wasn't talking about the Romanian flyer, but three tracked vehicles smashed over low Samaritan brick And it's like, man, you, you gotta have your instincts in battle to be like, if somebody's yelling incoming, it's probably important. <laughs> you should probably yeah. not just assume it's like, what the fuck, dude? We all saw it. We see the planes. <laughs> and it's like, man, don't be rude, Loken. I know you're in a grumpy mood because everything's going wrong, but don't take it out on poor Vipus. He's an okay guy. Yeah, Vipus seems all right. He's just, yeah. he's just one of his bros. You know, just a good... Not like Jubal. He's no, he's no Jubal. He's no, no Jubal. He's no Jubal thing. Yeah, no Jubal thing. Just a salt of the earth uh, space marine. Anyway, lots of fights. Um, 
and they're fighting their way. But again, it's these people are humans. Oh, and uh, we had a little scene where I think Loken's learned a bit because we have another Loken's going to chat with the dying guy, uh, which we got back on the whisper heads when he. This time he didn't say there is nothing. <laughs> he didn't stubbornly point out that it's like you are going to die and it is oblivion. That is what is about to happen he to you. He needs to get the last word. <laughs> Instead, it was just you are going to die. Yeah. He cut out the there's nothing. Yeah. After but he, he, he tries to give him some water. Which it is, says he pours it on his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> just imagining this guy yeah. just waterboarding this man <laughs> who's already dying. <laughs> oh, that is a little Should weird. <laughs> like, he doesn't... And I see, I can understand the logistics of it are weird, because they sort of imply he's got, like, a little... He's got a little tube in his, like a, like a in his helmet. Yeah, that he can, like, drink water from. And it presumably doesn't stretch out real far because it only has to go from his like armor to his face so i can see that he can't get it to the guy's mouth but it is weird then to just be like this will make you feel better i mean i think the guy's like missing both of his legs or something like it's horrifying um but yeah and then the guy's like i want nothing from you and he's like well okay but but again he at least didn't it's tell like him a child like they found their hamster dead and they're like trying to be like will this make you feel better I chopped Dumping her legs water off. On its head. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. And he even says, yeah, he assigned Vipus to secure the perimeter and crouched beside the warrior whose legs he had cut off. <laughs> like I, he personally chopped this dude's legs off. And he's like, hey, Just buddy. Dumps water on his <laughs> maybe not the comforting gesture Logan thinks it is. Uh, he's we're getting, trying. He's trying. Yeah, we're getting more into. Uh, the more I read, the more I kind of, again, think that Loken is is George from Mice and Men. <laughs> and he's just doing his best, but he's he's a big bumbling space marine. He's just oh. this water spray and himbo that doesn't know how to comfort anyone. <laughs> uh, anyway, then we get and we keep interspersing these fights with him talking to Mercedes or Mercedes and uh, and Mercedes seems again, like you're saying, just blown away by what this isn't all on the level because we get to the scene where. That we have alluded to that they're meeting the leader of the Orishan technocracy and they seem just thrilled. They're like, oh, my God, humanity. We love this. We're super excited to meet you guys. We have all the same technology. This is this is mind blowing. Um, there's all these people in power armor and everything and how great it is. And he's like, hey, we have this cool technology. And the Mechanicum guy is super excited that he's got the technology and. Horace is like, so you're saying you have all these construct machines? You, you've you got some of these? And the guy's like, yeah, we've got them. And I've got this. Like, just look at my staff here. It's an example. And then the horse just shoots him in the face. Just straight up stone cold. Blows a bolt round through the back of his head. See, that's murder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. That we have. And there's no. Do we need to draw you a diagram. Anything less than that is just stomping a mob to death, which is 100% acceptable, apparently. Um, okay, good to know. Stomping mob to death. If he okay. just waves his arm in a general direction and people get in his way. <laughs> that's, that's not his fault. If he's just walking around kicking and punching <laughs> and people get in the way. They ran into his fist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they shouldn't have been there. And uh, and then I like how Mercedes is again. He's like an eyewitness to this. And she's like, no, no, there was a he had a assassination weapon in his staff. And he's like, no, there wasn't. And it's like, but they all had guns. And it's like they were all unarmed. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> Guy who was there. Um, and then because <laughs> I like that. He's like, so what'd you do? And he's like, we killed them. 
and they're unarmed. Yeah, we just cut them down. And it's like, but why did you do that? It's like, because the War Master ordered it. And she just cannot grasp what's going on. And Loken reveals, I saw him smile as if the killings had been part of his plan all along. I don't know why, but Horus wants this war. Dun, dun, dun. And Loken is very slowly putting together. Like, it couldn't be anything to do with all this Erebus stuff from 10 months ago that was, like, such a big concern of mine. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that was 10 months ago, everybody. Yeah. That's why ancient he, history. He is the worst detective. He is the worst detective in the world. But uh, I like that he, yeah, he just sees this murder and he's like, I don't know what's going on here, but this doesn't seem good. <laughs> like... He is just so also, bad. I totally forgot that thing that they read about how Horus was going to destroy the universe. <laughs> well, he doesn't have time for metaphor. True. <laughs> he can't. That's he true. can't get into all that. Um, but yeah, and we get into the uh, the battle end. We're just seeing more more things. We see another. But the most important part here is at the end of this chapter, we have Torgaden uh, going to his his bro meeting. Okay, I have I have a serious question about okay. this. About something in here that I need a Warhammer expert to oh, tell me. If only we had one. If only. But I'm going to rely on you instead okay, for now. <laughs> um, the, it, there's this part where it says the robe figure he followed was unknown to him. Clear, young and clearly in awe of the legendary Mornival officer, which suited Torgotten fine. The warrior clearly had only achieved full Astarte status recently, but Torgotten knew he would already be an experienced fighter. I thought Astartes was something you were created into and not something you're like, I grow up into an Astartes. Well, okay, so let's start. Uh, I guess we'll get right to the the main thing is that all Astartes are child soldiers because that's creepy. I think we've talked about that a little bit before mm. that you take kids because you have to mm-hmm. implant these organs when they're kids. Uh-huh. And there's this long process of like implanting all these organs and making sure the gene seed takes and and growing them into things. And they grow up and they get all big and strong and Astartesy. And then they become scouts. And that's because they've talked about pulling them up from the scout auxiliaries or whatever. So they get to be scouts for a little while while they're kind of going through their awkward space marine puberty phase (laughs) of, you know, I got hair in weird places and their limbs are all real long and they don't really know how all this works yet. Um, So they get to be scouts for a little while to kind of learn the ropes. And then if they do well in that, then they get pulled up into being quote unquote real space. So it's like a witcher situation. Yeah. 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 They don't grow them from infancy into they're taking kids and then making them. Yeah. They're taking like. 8, 10, 12-year-olds or whatever, Hmm. making them into space marines. And then – so, yeah, the other thing is like these young space marines are probably like teenagers still and it's weird. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And the books progressively have so many problems with this because they always want to write what these people did before they were space marines. But it's always like, well, they were eight, so not a ton. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't do a lot before. Like there's this – you know, we, we talked about Sigismund a while ago, and there's a whole book about Sigismund and, like, his background. And they talk about, again, his childhood before he became a space marine. And it's, it's like, okay, but he's eight. It's not that exciting. <laughs> so he, he doesn't do a lot, but, no, they try. Huck Finn I stuff also just want to say, as someone who's interested in IT security, uh, you can't have everyone using the same password. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they, you never change that password. Well, I think they also have to have their little coin sometimes, you know. Okay. Gotta have your little lodge. Like yeah, you're, so yeah. you're saying this is a two, two FA situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you gotta have your little Costco card and your little password, and you're good to go. Okay, but yeah. So I have a question though. Also, just thinking about the implications. Erebus is obviously alive again. So mad. Is all, yeah, I know. Sucks. I'm so mad too because I was hoping he would be dead forever. But does this mean ten months later, 
does this mean that actually he did kill her because right he made that promise he made that promise yeah. and he's, a man of his he's alive well, and actually we forgot to mention that when he's talking to uh, he's talking to like Horace and, and, and Magnus. Magnus and they point out that he's got the scar in his throat. And he's like, I'm going to kill that bitch when I get back, too. And it's like, <laughs> why are you telling them this? <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. They don't know. I wish you would say who. Yeah. <laughs> who are you like, talking, about? talking about? We don't know who this person Total is. Total non sequitur. He's just so mad about it. He's like, I'm telling everybody. Uh, but, yeah, oh. I can't believe we glossed over yeah, that. That's yeah, that's one of my favorite lines he has in there because he's just so incensed. Um, you know, it's that person that's like always talking about the thing that makes them angry <laughs> and they can't ever let it go. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Erebus is there. Yes. And he's obviously still alive. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. But has no one seen him until now? Also, because Torgodden seems surprised to see him here. Yeah. They kind of sound like he's been keeping a low profile. OK. A little bit. Yeah, because he's like, hey. Logan wants a word with you. He's been looking for you all over the place. He's like, he's not my boss. Yeah. I have to yeah. do it. Also, says. has Logan been looking? For him? <laughs> I feel like Logan fully forgot about that. Yeah. Like, Logan tried to look for him like once at the yeah. very beginning, and he like looked in like the lounge yeah. and like that. Like, well, he's, he's like, not here. here. Yeah. Well, he sent him a text. Yeah, <laughs> he went to his his room, and it's like, be back in ten. He's like, well, what can I do? Like, so, I don't have ten minutes. Yeah, so I, I guess go. I got my I, armor's not going to polish itself. <laughs> For the next 10 months. My sword isn't going to lap itself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we have uh, Erebus talking to Torgodon's real grumpy about Erebus and threatens him with a knife. And again, everyone's sneaking knives into these meetings. (laughs) They're Uh like, you're not allowed to have weapons, but no one's very good at checking for these sort of things. It's honor system. Yes. But then I like that he he does just kind of let him go. He's like, well, we're not finished. And it's like, okay. Yeah, so he's like, we got two problems, but good news. Good, the bad news is we've got two problems. The good news is we can s- s- solve these two problems with one stone, I guess. Yes, kill two birds <laughs> with one stone. Yeah, and then all the people are just talking about it's like, well, this carcassy guy, he's a dick. We should probably murder him. And this uh, Hector Vervaris army guy who's talking about all these quote unquote murders. Again, I point out that you guys are on the side of the. Not the best people in this conversation, but uh, it's a gray area. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, they're like just talking about we're going to just do a bunch of murders of things. And then they're like, well, you can't kill the poet because he's under Loken's protection. They're like, but we could throw Loken under the bus and then just say he did all the murders, which is insane because it's obvious. Would I like the implication that like they were carrying horse off and then Loken went out and just like stomped a ton of people <laughs> in like a path and then like let them through. And they were like, oh, excuse- I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Let we, me scooch I, on past you. Yeah, they're moving very no, daintily around. Idea. He was like, hey, guys, we should stomp all these Let's people. Stomp a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they're like, it'd be a shame if something were to happen to Loken. And he's like, you need to fucking say it with your words. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he Bear says, those words, word bearer. Yeah. yeah. Did he say that? No. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is my director's oh, No, that's the best. I would have been. I like that. That's the best quote. Time for you to bear some words, word bearer. But I like it's how they the say show. about Torgodden, always the straight talker, eh, Tarek? And I'm like, famously not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he is not as much a straight talker. He's constantly yeah. joking. Yeah. But I do feel like part of his joking, like, he just doesn't have time for their, like, inflated egotistical <laughs> nonsense where they're trying to act like this is some mm, big noble thing they're okay. doing he's like just fucking tell me what you're doing i you made me come here this is clearly like he's also pretty smart about it he realizes pretty quickly this is all for me yeah like yeah. they just brought me in here to convince me of something um i also really like his bit because they're like 
you're talking about murder. And they're like, it's not murder when it's your enemy, it's war. And it's like, he is a poet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've I don't know if you've seen this guy. Not exactly. And like I like how he sort of makes fun of him. It's like, ah yes, the the tales of, you know, Ezekiel Abaddon versus a pudgy poet. Yes. So like this is not gonna be uh, a thing. But um but yeah, this is just all these lines of man, Torgaden, really, really great. And it finally comes down to sort of the last bit of them all being like, you gotta decide, you know, you're either with us or against us. You gotta what side are you on? And Torgodden does this dramatic mic drop, throws his lodge coin in the center of the thing and says, I'm against you. And yes. I was just like, whoa, my guy. I know. Yeah. It's true. He's I really so came around on Torgodden. He's the best dude. So yeah. I feel like Loken is like was a primary target. Like I'm like Torgodden here seeing reading between the lines. Uh-huh. Right. But it does seem like ridiculous that they need to like plan to kill this little poet. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's any number of ways that somebody could have lured him into a dark hallway and just mm-hmm. bashed his... I mean, yeah. they just can step on people and they're dead. Like, they didn't need to have some big conspiracy meeting. Uh-huh. To- <laughs> right. Get 50 of our best dudes here to figure out how to take out this poet. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it wasn't for taking out the poet, though. It was for taking out Loken. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's Loken. how they're trying to, like, spin it. Yeah. Uh-huh. They also keep spinning it. They keep, like, the lies he's spreading. I'm like, he's very much telling the truth. Right. Like, he's not lying. Yeah, like, but not even if- everybody in that room knows that. That's Most true. of the men in that room... They're just going to believe whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But... But yeah, but that brings us to uh, that brings us to the end of of this section, and then the next one is three more chapters, and then this book is done, donezo, finished. So for the next episode, it will be chapters nineteen through twenty one, and uh, or nineteen and twenty. I don't know the end of the book. Nineteen through the end of the book is the important part here. But yeah, looking like everything's going great. Nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. There's going to be no. No things. Everything's looking good for all the player, all the major characters in here. Um, but before we wrap up, again, very excited that we have another another piece. I think we're just we're absurdly fortunate that we have these Hollywood insiders that keep providing us with these like this this background, this these works in progress to to know that a people are feverishly obviously working on this show. Um, even well, a, not actively because there's a writer strike. Well, I yeah, there's no, no scabs. Yeah. I think they can, they can, yeah, yeah, obviously they're not, they, these are, these are old, old clips like from previous, yeah, 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 I think they're probably leaking them so that people don't think the project's been abandoned, right, during the, yeah, you know, when the, the writer strike's over, yeah, they're, they're not really allowed, smart. yeah, they're not allowed to like officially promote things, but, you know, they got ways to kind of get into the, the underground, this underground indie scene that is <laughs> what we're doing here, um, but yeah, just, uh, and, and I think they were inspired by, you know, we were discussing, uh, you know, Loken and Cinderman delving into prophecy. So, uh, uh, fortunately, again, they always seem to be ready, ready to go with some material that really uh, expands on what we were talking about. So, I, I really appreciate they going in there. So, well, with no further ado, uh, let's uh, let's play the clip, Shannon. You got it. You got it queued mm-hmm. up. Okay, I got here. it here. All right, great. All right, Cinderman. There has got to be something in these tomes that can help us determine what is happening to our beloved Warmaster. All hope is not lost, Loken. I have spent countless days here in the archives, gathering hoary tomes of prophecy and wisdom, collating their contents, relieving myself in assorted containers, and transcribing various ancient texts. Wait, what was that third thing? Nothing. Just don't spend much time in the peas if you get my drift. I do not. Another one of your metaphors I do not have time for, I presume. In any case, let's get reading. All right. First, I found this passage from the Prophecies of Amon Garash. 
And so it will come to pass that the great Lupercal shall be laid low, and his children will be led astray by the one who bears the word. The counsel of the moon shall be split, and the spirit of vengeance will be bereft of its peoples. Beware the people of the serpent. Drivel! Nothing but fevered ramblings and useless metaphor. Uh, next. I agree. Maybe this text will be better. Volume one of the heresy of Horus and how he is absolutely going to betray the emperor. Oh my, there are like 60 volumes of this. Ugh, too long. We don't have time to read all that. I don't see how it could possibly be relevant. It's my turn to read. Maybe this tome will be more promising. It is entitled, Loken, read this book. It is super important. Hmm, doesn't seem useful, but here it goes. <clears throat> Loken, kill Erebus right now. Go shoot him in the face. He is the traitor. He orchestrated the whole thing. Kill him now and save yourself a whole bunch of trouble. Then bust Horus out of that yurt. You have guns. Next, and this is most important. No, don't close the book. This is incredibly important. Please don't close the... Nothing useful. This whole endeavor is a waste of our time. H hold on, Loken. I, I may have something here that can shed some illumination on our situation. What is it? An ancient scroll of some sort? It seems to be called Cosmopolitan. Hmm, cosmos referring to space, and polis, an ancient term for city. A city in space? The vengeful spirit is like a city in space. I think you're onto something. And look, 23 ways to please your man. Obviously referring to how we can improve the morale of the men in such trying times. Ingenious. I believe some clues can be gleaned from this test. Which Spice Girl are you? The Astartes can overcome any test. I am prepared to learn which Spice Girl I am, as harrowing as that may be. Hmm, I think perhaps we should not mention Spice so much. It might invite comparisons. Wink directly at camera. Oh, no, Henry, I think you read the stage direction there. Oh, damn, my mistake. We, we can fix it in post. Hey, Quentin, you don't think that last bit is too meta, do you? I, I want to stay faithful to the material, you know. Henry, baby, it's golden, okay? This isn't El Topo. We're not going to have Jubal Beast crawling through the town at the square at the end. We're not going to have Christopher fucking Lambert, all right, running around in a subway in a tuxedo, okay? Uh, 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 meta this, meta that. Fucking meta everywhere this these days. Uh, that's a wrap. Uh, get Keeler out here for the uh, 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 foot scene. Wow! Right again. I'm always. I'm just always Truly blown amazing. away by the call. And I. I didn't. I don't know if we're supposed to know. I don't know if we're supposed to cut that last bit out. I mean, we're gonna leave yeah. it in. But I mean, I. I. I don't think I've seen in the dailies. You know that Tarantino was was attached to this. But. I knew he was directing one final movie. Uh, yeah, who would have thought? Did, I didn't know he's going to go into TV after uh, that. I guess he's done with movies after that. So, and now we have a little bit of a history of, I mean, I guess it makes sense for Henry to be in as Loken, but good. <laughs> Importantly, the thing is, this is this is key. I'm, I'm just blown away by the quality I think that's Shannon's favorite clip we've had so far. I think so. Looking at her face right now. <laughs> and she's real impressed by just the, the 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 brilliance that is coming out of Hollywood for these mm -hmm. these things but uh here we are anyway so for the next for the next uh next thing finish the book finish false gods we're gonna be all done but in the meantime look at me remembering first time around let's talk about some plugs Eric. what if we were all just like no I would be incensed <laughs> at this point. I, I would like to plug one of my favorite podcasts, probably the one I've been listening to the longest, the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast. That's a good podcast. Which has a episode out uh, lately about uh, a disagreement about Settlers of Catan, which I feel like is in the wheelhouse of our listeners, probably. Yeah, that's, this is true. 
If we can just plug anything, then I'm going to plug the <laughs> new season of Dimension 20 that just started with Hank Green. And uh, oh. it's using kids on bikes instead of D&D, um, which is a kind of fun system. Uh, and it's really funny so far. So I've really been enjoying it. It's like a if Inside Out was a film noir uh, <laughs> is the best way I know to describe oh. it. But it's very cool. Fun story. There's a... Um... Uh, you know, kids on bikes, it's a great system that one could hypothetically pick up at their friendly local gaming store, including Tabletop Game and Hobby, where we do, in fact, have copies of both kids on bikes and kids on brooms. If you want one that's a little more supernaturally. And am I wrong in saying that even if it's not your local game store, you can order online? You can. That is a thing that one can do, <laughs> even if it's not there. But yes, but support your friendly local gaming store if you have one. But if you don't, you could support a different, not particularly local gaming store if you liked. He means Tabletop. Games and hobby. <laughs> that is what I mean. Um, Depeche Mode released an album this year. <laughs> I don't know when it came out, but I just found it. It's really good. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Eric would be mentioning Depeche Mode. I thought you were going to be shocked that Depeche Mode released an album this year. No. Like, I didn't think they were going to do it. I'm shocked that. I like late Depeche Mode as much as I like old Depeche Mode, for the record. Uh, and then less good albums. I finished an ambient album, but it's not out yet. But. I'm going to like pre-promote that, I guess. Yeah. You can go to ericstrangefellow.com for details about that whenever it comes out. Well, obviously, we can plug whatever we want. There's no rules here anymore. <laughs> so, Do we have any questions for Henry? I Cavill? always have a question for Henry. And in this case, so Henry, we both have a lot of spare time right now. I know um, with the writer's strike and all and just me having a lot of spare time. So <laughs> um, starting a new army, um, thinking chaos demons. You can do a really cool army with a bunch of uh, greater demons. Do you like the greater demons and which one's your favorite? Um, I know you, you, you're you leaning towards the uh, Imperium stuff, but, uh, you know, maybe you're thinking of branching out uh, now that you got all the spare time to get some models assembled and painted. So anyway, let me know. And you all, if you have any questions for Henry or us, uh, send them to zero to 40k i don't think i don't email. <laughs> no no you don't even know our email address no, I don't, no. it's zero to 40k pod <laughs> yeah, zero to 40k pod send it to that one because that'll get to us it's on our website yeah. which and is zero to 40k.com zero to four zero k.com all right finish the book we'll see you next time on zero to 40k Walter knew Warhammer real well, so he seized every opportunity to tell anyone he could about the books, but no one ever gave them a second look. So he thought, hey, I'll start a podcast. And he gathered around him together at last. Three friends willing to jump into the fray and go from zero to 40. Zero to 40K was created by our war master, Walter Stewart. Production by Administrator Shane Tierney. Music by Eric Strangefellow. Special thanks to Sarah Fecky. Check out everything we're up to at 0240k.com.